P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a tape thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reintreid. We're always home, we're always uncool, we're always ready to talk all things Philip Seymour Hoffman and beyond. Kyle, how are you? Have you been? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Let's see, what, what, what have I been up to? Just recording a lot of Foodie Films episodes, some fun stuff coming up and uh as of today when we're recording disney plus is brand new in our worlds and so i watched the first episode of mandalorian and then i went with a real uh nostalgia boost of ducktales the movie treasure of the lost lamp Mm. the first dvd that i purchased with my partner was that film so really yes very weird (laughs) I totally like never knew. Date. I te- totally never knew growing up that Rip Taylor did the voice of the genie. <laughs> I didn't know growing up for sure. I mean, I didn't really I... know who Rip Taylor was growing up, so I shouldn't like Fair, s- okay. say Good it. Point. You know, like. <laughs> and I don't think I even knew that it was Christopher Lloyd doing the voice of the bad guy. That those are all stuff that I definitely like have looked up since then. Yeah. You know? So. Because <laughs> I was then... like, wow, this genie's doing a real Rip Taylor thing, and I'm like. Oh, I think they just like did him and like raised his voice up just a little bit because it sounds even like higher pitch, kookier than he usually <laughs> was. But it was it's fun. Well, I can't wait to explore. Like I grew up with a lot of Disney, like even old school Disney, like Swiss Family Robinson. So I'm excited to explore this whole new uh, streaming service. Besides, obviously their their new work as well. Well, I was gonna ask. Um, well, first of all. No, this is no pun intended here, but rest in peace, Rip Taylor. We just lost him uh, October 6th. Yes. So yeah, well, he was recent. Yeah, recent passing. So, uh, But I was going to say, um, I haven't had a chance to explore the Disney Plus yet. Just browsed a little bit. Any Philip Seymour Hoffman films on the Disney Plus, just by chance? I don't think so. The Yearling wasn't a Disney movie, right? Was it? But it, I don't know if that's one that would be like, here you go, you know? The I mean, original they have, yearling. like, everything on there. So let me... The Yearling, 1994. Let's see. I don't think it is. Can you type by actor? What do you mean? Oh, like, in the in the search? Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm just going on IMDb right now to see, gotcha. like, who produced it. But I don't think so. I don't think it's a, either Disney movies. Probably when they... Um really combine the new Hulu that'll have some Fox produced stuff. So, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, this is only the partial plan we have right now. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. When I don't. when it fully integrates, and we get like some of the even like Touchstone movies and stuff that they plan to put on Hulu and Fox produced stuff, then we'll see some Hoffman stuff. But I'm not sure there's anything direct Disney yeah. right now. Yeah, I don't think there's there's he was ever in anything like. Or I mean, I, well, by proxy, of course he was. You know, in, in terms of what they own in their library. Sure. So I'm just curious if, like, I mean, obviously they're they're also putting some Fox stuff on there too. So I'm well, curious. I just mentioned that's going on the Hulu. Mostly. Oh, that's so. going. Fox stuff is going on Hulu. Okay. Mostly, yes. Gotcha. Now, if there's some like kid stuff or Marvel stuff, obviously, or Star Wars stuff, that'll be put in its proper place. But like, from what I understand, just I rando. See. Like Fox and Touchstone stuff, you know, because Touchstone is still Disney, but it doesn't really fit with the Disney Plus mode unless it's in one of those themes. So that'll be more for the Hulu. Gotcha. Which is and and that's why they say, oh, Disney Plus is not that expensive, six ninety nine. But like to get the complete like Disney corporate profile package, it's like twelve ninety nine because it's Hulu, Disney Plus, and I think ESPN. Which I mean, they yeah, they own so much already, so it's still Disney Plus alone is like a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But uh, I know FX is, which you know, is a great channel. That's completely moving to Hulu, I think, in a year. Oh, uh, okay. So that's being going taken to... off cable, and and that's gonna be the future. So pretty much, we're just gonna be living in a streaming world. Um, and it's not gonna be cheaper. That's what everyone. Oh, let me cut the cord and be cheaper. It'll be cheaper for a little bit, but. That's be, not. I I think people just need to be very smart about like who they then share with and stuff like that, and almost make sure you know in in that kind of realm. Yeah, even that apparently they're going to cut down on like sharing yeah. passwords and things. Uh, we'll never win as the consumer. That's the point, you know. They'll no, never let us always, win. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But as of right now, all the all the Simpsons are also on Disney Plus, so I'm excited for uh, that. And apparently they've been cut though. Like, they've been slightly edited if they were a little too controversial. Oh. That's the rumor, so. Huh. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, in a streaming world, hopefully we get the entire Philip Seymour Hoffman collection at our fingertips, because, Kyle, as you and I experienced, not every movie was easy to obtain. No, not every movie. I mean, what would you... The, I mean, Schuler is the hardest, because we still have never yes. recovered one. And then... Joey Breaker, Joey for sure. Joey Breaker was on, like, a, <laughs> a screening, screening copy, VHS, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there were a couple others, too, that, like, yeah, more My New Guns. Was... My New Gun, oh, that's for sure, but I think we saw that on YouTube. But there was one or two that were, like, not later, but, like, in mid-run that we had to kind of track down. Um, Next Stop Wonderland, even, right? Kinda. Yeah, probably. Strangers with Candy, that's what I'm thinking of, that we had to, like, eBay the DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would think that that would be on, like, Comedy Central's, like, something somewhere, but... Yeah, I think there are going to be films that get lost in the shuffle of the streaming thing. From now on, even, like, most people who make independent films, some of them are VOD exclusive, but... You know, when you talk about, like, some of these movies like a Joey Breaker, I don't think that's ever going to streaming. Yeah, I mean, I guess not. I don't, I mean... (laughs) It's just so weird to think about. Yeah. Lost films, lost art. What, um, what probably will be streaming somewhere, I'm not sure if it'll be collected together, well, eventually it's all going to be, 
you know, just company-based, but uh, are the P.T. Anderson films. And we got some big news to, today as we record, actually, that P.T. Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, frequent collaborator with our main man, Philip Zimmer Hoffman, his, his next film has been teased to, to be shot next year in 2020. And much to my, you know, happiness, it's going to be a high school film set in the 70s. Yeah. Obviously, per- perfect for... Uh perfect for you for your for, i mean perfect perfect for everybody because it's a pt anderson movie but obviously <laughs> for your you know podcast high school slumber party i mean it you. also sounds up your alley 70s period piece directed by pt anderson yeah 70s period piece it's more about i love anything about the industry so supposedly it's about like a you know a child actor um, so some really cool, really cool stuff. So I don't think it's going to be your run of the mill high school movie. I mean, nothing no. is ever run of the mill with, uh, <laughs> with PT Anderson, but it takes place in back in California, like pretty much all of his films, except for Phantom Thread and, um, yeah, back in California and back in the Valley. I think it's going to, I think he's going to show us a little bit of what his life was like growing up. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited. And I'm excited, but the Philip Seymour Hoffman fan of me is just like, damn, he would have fit in perfect as like a teacher. A teacher, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, hurts. (laughs) Heartbreak. But, you know, I can't wait for that. Can't wait till we get the title. I love hearing what P.T. Anderson's titles are going to be, right? Like, I don't know why. Yeah, and... and uh, this the is one master. I, this is one I didn't hear like a rumor at all, except like, I mean, for a while he was gonna make like a Pinocchio movie. Um, <laughs> speaking of Disney, yeah, speaking of Disney. Um, but then what else was there? And then he was working, writing something with his daughter, just very reminiscent of uh, Coppola sounding. I don't know how old his daughter is. I don't think high school age, so I don't think this is the film that they kind of started writing together. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... You never know, though. <laughs> um, something maybe less funny, but I definitely want to discuss with you that I wrote down. There's been a lot of... Um, I don't want to say buzz, but backlash. about. I don't know if you read this whole thing that someone bought the rights to James Dean and they're CGIing. Oh, they CGI yeah. cast him in yeah. a Vietnam War film. Oh, wait, see, okay, I, I didn't, I'm, like, so guilty of just, uh... Reading headlines. Yeah. So, I didn't read those. It's a Vietnam War film? Yeah, it's just, like, a regular, it's not, like, a James Dean project. It's just, like, a regular film. And they've cast James Dean as one of the characters. That's just <laughs> so fucked up on so many levels. And, and like, the, the person I was reading, like, who, who did, they're shocked about the outcry. They're like, I thought people would really want to see James Dean. This is a role that we think he'd love. They have a body double on set, and they have a voice actor doing the voice, but it's going to be apparently, if they let it go through, it's going to be apparently James Dean, like... You, it's hard to explain, but, like, it'll just be a character in this movie will be played by the likeness of James Dean. So weird. <laughs> So, so weird. Like, just the fact of, I mean, what year did James Dean die? In the 50s, right? Early 60s? I'm guilty of not knowing that I should. He was in, uh, you know, one of the classic high school movies. Yeah, 1955. Yeah, okay, I thought it was pretty, yeah. So, it's just like, 
We're talking. I mean, you, I mean, we both enjoy history, but you're a bit more of a Vietnam, like '63, like it started, kind of early. But you know, we're like ramping up in the late '60s, even into the '70s. Yeah. So like, it's just weird that they're having an actor that died, like, you know, a, <laughs> a, a decade pretty much before America got started really getting involved, and yeah, like. That's just so weird, and then that made that made me just actually I just clicked on the article I I saw the headline before because it said the team behind CGI James Dean is forming a grotesque new company to resurrect more Hollywood legends. And well, yeah, they believe that this is kind of the future, and yeah. they have uh they had a list I wrote it down of Burt yeah. Reynolds they want to do Betty Page. Chris- oh, you had that one. Oh yeah, Betty Page. I wrote Christopher Reeve. Which Andre the Giant. Jesus. Sports legends like Lou Gehrig. But why is Lou Gehrig going to be in a movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Now, I bring it up not just like randomly to talk about it. And no, because like our main man film. was one of the first people that was kind of... Well, it was talked about and it was bandied about. And I still think it's a uh, uh, kind of a false thing that spread that he actually was CGI in The Hunger Games, uh-huh. Mockingjay. Part one or part two, and he wasn't. They had considered that, but they just used, they spliced him in in terms of, they used CGI around him, I believe. Like they didn't make a CGI face for him. They just like had him in scenes and put him in other places. Like mm-hmm. you know when he's like watching her win and stuff, he gives that look. Yeah. Like he didn't necessarily shoot that scene, but they were able to work it in, similar to the Leia thing. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say Wars. similar to what supposedly her. I mean, her brother, who isn't part of the production, but definitely uh, talks about it a lot. Um, he said that they have about like nine minutes of footage, you know, that was not used in uh, episode seven or episode eight. And that's what they're using in this. So, but I'm just curious how how much they, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll well, see. We we will see. We will see. But yeah, I mean, I think I know the answer to this. What I'm going to ask, but I'll just ask it anyway. Would you like to see Phil Seymour Hoffman resurrected in a CGI nope. form in a film? Okay, <laughs> nope. I didn't think so either. As much as nope. we talk about nope. so nope. much on this show, oh, we'd love more Hoffman work. We feel, like, you know, so upset that it doesn't exist. That's not the price we want to pay. No, this is, this is like, I'm not a religious person, but this is, like, devil work. This is like, <laughs> it's fucked up. It's seriously <laughs> fucked up. Like, you know, I mean, in Rogue One, they've got, you know, what, Peter Cushing, and then they do a young Leia, but, like, that's but that's like characters from that movie or that movie yeah, series. Yeah, like I guess if for, um, I mean for any actor, like if you know, and again, those were like smaller roles in those movies. They didn't become like then the leads of them. You know, it's not like they did a Leia spinoff movie and or you had to look at that the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest you know, that we've gotten to that is like Nick Fury, I guess. Right? Is the when Captain Marvel. He's in it a decent amount. Yeah, but he's also not dead. And they de-aged <laughs> him. No, he's not dead, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is the Sam only Jackson's scenario. Performance, yeah. 
Yes. This is the only scenario that it could happen for Felix Miller Hoffman. So the writer, and her name is escaping me right now, the writer of Hunger Games is writing another thing set in that world. Now, it could be take place before. It could take place after. I'm not sure. I think it actually takes place before. It's about like how this thing was started. But uh-huh. I don't know the Hunger Games universe enough to know how long they were at it. Maybe there's like a young Plutarch and he's a soldier. Then it should just be a younger actor. It should be. No, I agree. But I'm saying, if there's a chance that this might happen in the catalog of Phyllis Hoffman, that's the only thing I could think of. There's nothing else he really did where I could see that they, like... Twister 2. You know, Twister was a big movie, but I don't know if they... Like, it's that kind of film, like, franchise-wise, where they feel like they, like, need to do that. I think The Hunger Games was the only thing like that and you know if they make like an almost famous series and feel like no one else could play lester i i agree but don't do that still you yeah. know <laughs> so hopefully we don't get it especially not like this especially not him just like cast in a random movie and like you're taking jobs from actors away i guess not because like someone's got to be the body double and someone's got to be the voice but come on yeah it's 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 messed up it's messed up i don't like it i don't like it one bit you know it's not great but what is great well i don't know not everyone agrees but what is great in the title is catherine the great on hbo have you caught any of it kyle no i haven't i didn't there's a show called catherine the great well it's a mini series oh is it with um, helen mirren again well yeah helen mirren and she's catherine the great okay you know uh, I haven't seen too much of it. Some people really like it. Some people don't. I bring it up, though, because there was recently an interview with an actor named Joseph Quinn, who's a big part of the Catherine the Great show. And he actually cites Philip Seymour Hoffman as his main motivation. So it's just really cool when we, you see younger actors or actors who are still working um you know, cite Philip Seymour Hoffman still and, like, not forget that. Oh, definitely. He he was asked, like, who his chief creative influences are. And he said, in quotes, Philip Seymour Hoffman, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors of all time. I go back to watching his stuff quite regularly. His ability to act the human condition is quite remarkable and I think possesses this rare quality which other actors like Olivia Colman also have, where there's a familiarity to it. You feel like you know them. You feel like you've met them because they've shown an aspect of yourself. Which, I mean, I think that sums up kind of what we think of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. I mean, that's just a more, I guess, astute, eloquent, eloquent yes. coming from an actor point of view. But just like, yeah, what we say about his just playing vulnerable characters and just being very real and just from his face to it, like any of his mannerisms... Uh, his voice, he just puts it all out on the table. And, you know, I think you'd agree with this guy. I think you guys might have a nice little conversation if you ever happen to meet. <laughs> because he was asked what's his favorite performance ever. And he said, Philip Zimmer Hoffman in The Master. Really. Uh, he, and his second favorite performance? Or one of his favorites? <laughs> no, Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Uh. And maybe you like his third, I don't think... I don't think uh, you'll disagree, but I don't know if it'll be in your top three. He said Ian Holm as Bilbo Baggins in The Fellowship of the Ring. I'm like, that's interesting. That's very specific. He's like in it not that long. So. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't, that didn't 
not that he did a bad job, it just didn't feel like a command performance. It's like yeah, Lord of the Rings, yeah. you know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Still, uh, you know, this guy, I think we'd really, really jive with him. Uh, you know, but what he mentioned here, I think, is so key and kind of key to what you're talking about with Disney+. Plus. An actor like Philip Seymour Hoffman, more so than a James Dean, believe it or not. Now, James Dean's not fair. He didn't have the, too many movies. But we'll just say actors who passed you know, before their time, mm-hmm. more so they get to live on forever, and no, not just through this podcast, but through the magic of streaming. Um, you know, younger generations are going to hopefully watch the films of Philip Seymour Hoffman and be like, wow, this guy was awesome. At least we hope so, right? I would, yeah, I would, I would think so. They just, it's, I, I love it when all of a sudden a certain streaming service, you're like, ooh, this month they have this many films by Philip Seymour Hoffman or, you know, with obviously this many films by Nick Cage since we're part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. It's always exciting to see. So, um, yeah, I would I would love for there to be more subcategories and, I don't know, the algorithms to point people in the right direction, uh, you know, for discovering these great actors. Absolutely. Now... You guys probably tuned in, maybe not, but hopefully, to find out what movie that we'll be watching for our Hoffman rewatch on, I can't believe I'm saying this, December 1st. December 1st, yeah. Guess what, Kyle? It'll be our 12th film. It'll complete our first year of P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Wow. And we had two movies on the docket. And the first one was a movie we kind of were just talking about with the Plutarch stuff, but it's the first time we see him in the the Hunger Games universe. It's Hunger Games Catching Fire, a big blockbuster we thought to end the year because it is blockbuster season. Uh, Why don't you break down his performance in Hunger Games Catching Fire, Kyle? Uh, Well, as you said, his name is Plutarch Havensby. And he is at first we, we 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 don't know exactly who he is and what and what role you know he's playing. Is he good? Is he bad? Um, and definitely Katniss, or you know, the, and played by Jennifer Lawrence, has her skepticism about it. But we, we slowly just the, like the great actor he is, this character, we start unraveling you know who he is and what his motivations are. Um, and it's fun to see him play, you know, like, I mean, you know, before that we only really had Twister and then Mission Impossible as far as like big blockbustery films. And not that he's hands on in the action in the, uh, Hunger Games series, the three films that he's in, but it's still, you know, he was a, he was definitely a warm welcome and who who can forget that dance that he has with Katniss? Oh yeah, for sure. And that was kind of the first time you and I had really like explored this series, and and we had a blast. And if you want to go from really really big blockbuster film to something the opposite, that was your other choice this week, and it was for Hanukkah as we celebrate the holidays. Kyle, why don't you tell our audience, our our Hoff Hoff fans out there, what uh what the other choice was. All right, we had Mary and Max, and this is like like you said, it's pretty much the exact <laughs> uh, opposite of what I guess the Hunger Games is. Um, didn't come out like too too long before it came out in two thousand nine. It's a you know stop motion like claymation black and white film. Um, we've got 
some vocal talents in Tony Collette and Eric Bana, obviously our main man Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it's just a very odd story of a you know, two unlikely pen pals, one named Mary, one named Max, and yeah. uh, and our main man plays uh, Max Jerry Horowitz, and uh, you know it's. I'm not gonna say it was my favorite. Not that you know he definitely he definitely gave it all, and it was really interesting to see a performance that is solely about his voice, something we constantly bring up. So uh, it it was definitely it was enjoyable to watch for his performance. That's for sure. Yeah, I rarely watch like indie animated films. <laughs> um. But Kyle, we had a surprise. I never would have guessed that this one would be the winner. But the winner was the aforementioned Mary and Max. Wow. And in a landslide, too. This wasn't even close. Really? Yeah, I guess Hoff fans really like this film. And that's fine. You know, I mean, we, both... we get much. I mean, hey, for, you know, if you're a Hoff fan, you get a lot more of him performing in this movie. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't think about that, but. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I can't wait to watch it. It's it's appropriate that we'll watch a, like a claymation film during the holiday oh, season, or right yeah. before, I guess, the holiday season. So, you know, I can't wait to sit down and, and watch this film again, and maybe we'll have a different take this time about the movie. Guys, you want to tune in December 1st to wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be stitcher whether it be spotify of course give us that five star rating write us a review and by the way we are loving that you're still keeping the memory of philip smurhoffen alive by subscribing to our social media page and continuing the conversation i posted that article of on the pt anderson film and Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of shares a lot of likes a lot of comments and it's from you hoff fans out there and I mean, Phil Simmer Hoffman and P.T. Anderson go hand in hand, so I get it. And we just appreciate you so much. Don't forget, too, that if you are a fan of high school movies as well, you could check out my show, High School Slumber Party, also on the Cage Club Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, Kyle, you have a show as well that you teased, too, with some exciting stuff. Yes, Foodie Films, so please check that out as well on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Well, looking forward to hanging out with you Hoff fans December 1st. And Kyle, you, you say it every time, and you're going to get the honor to say it again. All right. Stay uncool. I did it as Max. <laughs> I hope that wasn't... That's, that's my Max impression. Yeah, I liked Whatever it. Max I is. liked it. <laughs> that's my Max impression. Yeah, you were, you were impersonating Philip Zimmer Hoffman's... Playing, yeah, claymation character. <laughs> Stay uncool. Sex a thing, sex a thing, you. I believe.